Hello everyone, welcome back to Midnight Movie Theater. Today we're talking about Don Coscarelli's 1979 indie sci-fi horror, Phantasm. This is a movie that I've watched quite a few times. It's pretty hard for me to pinpoint the first time I saw Phantasm. I do remember the first scene I saw from it though. It was on a VHS called Boogeyman. The tape contained clips from a bunch of different horror movies. The scene from Phantasm was the iconic floating ball scene in the mortuary. Without seeing the movie, I had no idea what the hell was going on here, but it looked great. Some guy chasing after a kid, and out of nowhere this flying metal ball clamps onto his head, drills into his skull, and sprays a stream of blood out from his head until the man is dead. Truly wild. I do know that this makes for a great introduction to horror sci-fi and surrealism. I remember loving how confusing it all was. It only made me want to watch it over and over and try to pick up on what else might be going on. What's real and what is not. This movie starts out in a graveyard. We see a woman in lavender and a man named Tommy having sex in the graveyard. This Tommy guy looks like he's barely awake during the graveside copulation. Unfortunately for him, this leaves him vulnerable to a knife attack. The Lady in Lavender plunges a knife into Tommy. This is why you can never let your guard down, especially if you're humping on top of a sacred resting place in the middle of town. The Lady in Lavender looks down at Tommy, and then she quickly reveals her true form. She turns into a scowling old man known as the Tall Man. Hopefully Tommy died before he realized he was tricked into doing sex with a big old guy that may or may not be an alien. Night turns to day, and in the next scene, we're at Tommy's funeral. We meet Jody and Reggie, two of Tommy's friends. Jody wants some time to himself, and he walks around the inside of the mortuary. He visits what I presume is his deceased mother. The way the shots are framed in this mortuary look great. The set design is cool and kind of disorienting. It's all marble swirl with white marble floor, so it almost feels like Jody's walking around a labyrinth. While this is going on, we see Jody's younger brother Mike ride up to the mortuary on his dirt bike. He has unknowingly followed his older brother to spy on the funeral. After all this tension building, the tall man's hand slaps down on Jody's shoulder and he says, The funeral is about to begin, sir. That sudden change in tone is really effective, and Jody's response is pretty funny. He's obviously shook by the tall man he responds with, Okay, sir. Jody mentions that he didn't want Mike to come because their parents' funeral really traumatized him. Obviously, I'm sure that's hard for anyone to go through, and Mike is about 13 in this movie. After the funeral clears out, Mike is still hiding in the bushes. He's peeking through with his binoculars and witnesses something unreal. The tall man, who is the undertaker at the mortuary, picks up Tommy's casket by himself and chucks it back into his hearse. Mike visits an old woman and her granddaughter. The old woman seems to be a fortune teller or some shit. She has about 30 candles lit in the back of her shack. Mike explains that he's worried about Jody leaving town. It's also confirmed that Jody and Mike's parents died two years ago, and Jody is planning on sending Mike off to live with his aunt. Grandmother tells Mike not to worry about Jody leaving. Mike tells him about the tall man deadlifting the casket, and a black box appears on the table in front of him grandmother has him put his hand in it and he immediately starts to struggle. They tell him not to fear and it won't hurt. His hand is free and they tell him it's all in his mind. Reggie pulls up to Jody's front porch jam session. 
He's in his ice cream man truck and he brought along his axe. These two start laying down some really tasty jams. Oh yeah. Oh, hold on. These motherfuckers are rocking my fucking balls off. Let it rip, Reg. Damn. Just a sitting here at midnight. And I've been sitting here till noon. You see, my lady left me lonely. Yes, she did. Baby left me blue. in the sauce back there. Took a wrong turn down Shredsville. Anyway, Reggie pulls out a tuning fork and the camera focuses in on that. Maybe it'll be important later. Very briefly, we see the old woman's granddaughter go to the mortuary and peek into a brightly lit room. We hear a loud scream from inside. Jody goes to a bar and meets up with a familiar face. Looks like the lavender lady from earlier. Mike is following close behind. Jody and the lady are going to the cemetery to bang. I don't know why, but people really like getting it on in this graveyard. Mike's watching his older brother lay it down, but he's distracted by some spooky noises. A little hooded guy comes running at Mike, and he runs screaming through the graveyard. Jody jumps up and chases after him. Jody tells Mike he probably saw a gopher, and sends him home. The woman is gone. Real quick, the music in this movie is awesome. It totally fits the mood, and at times, it reminds me of Goblin's Suspiria score. Anyway, we're in Mike's room, and he's fast asleep. The camera zooms out, and there is the tall man at the top of his bed. A couple of zombies pop out of the ground and grab the boy. The next day, we see Mike walking through town. He spots the tall man on the other side of the street. Reggie's ice cream truck lets out a draft of cold air, and the tall man stops. Looks directly at Mike, and inhales deeply. The tall man is super creepy. He's a terrifying presence and he's hiding in plain sight. It's later on that night and we're in Mike's garage. He's underneath their muscle car giving it a tune-up. But the thing starts rocking and I don't think it's Jody and the Lavender Lady. He sees some brown shoes and smacks them with a the hammer. Unfortunately, those shoes belong to Jody and he yells out in pain. Jody explains that instead of a gopher, this time, it must have been the retarded kid, Timmy, from up the street. Timmy! Mike gets his boot knife and decides it's time to go after the tall man to figure out what's going on at Morningside Cemetery. The front door is locked, so Mike kicks in a window. He crawls into the basement of the mortuary and starts looking for clues. A man walks in and Mike quickly hides inside a casket. Mike hears some banging around and he goes to check it out. Before he can get any answers, a flying metal sphere comes speeding up around the corner and he narrowly dives out of its way. When he pops back up, a man grabs Mike. The man's wrist looks tasty, so Mike chops down on the some bitch. The balls come speeding towards. Mike ducks and it plunges into the guy's head. It drills into the man's head and blood starts shooting out all over the place. Mike pulls out his knife and hops back to his feet. He is met by the tall man at the end of the hallway. Oh shit. They face off and the tall man mirrors Mike's movements. They walk towards each other until Mike makes a break for it. He slams the door on the tall man and locks it. The tall man's fingers are stuck in the door and Mike hacks them off with his knife. A bunch of yellow shit shoots out of the digits. Mike decides to bring one home as a souvenir. 
A couple of the cloaked little people run after Mike and he hops out the window. He runs home to safety. Mike is sleeping on the stairs with a shoddy. Jody wakes him up and Mike shows him the tall man's wiggly finger. Jody finally starts to believe everything Mike has been saying. The tall man's finger turns into a giant fly with big red eyes and terrorizes Mike and Jody. They wrestle into the garbage disposal. Afterwards, Reggie stops by. Reggie gets a taste of the big weird fly and Jody finishes it off with a knife. Jody and Mike get locked and loaded. They're ready to blow these motherfuckers away, vigilante style. Jody's riding solo towards Morning Cemetery. He sneaks into the basement. Wait, that's the hooded midgets music. Oh my god. The little guy jumps on Jody's back and starts trying to choke and chomp him. For this, he takes a shot to his stupid little face. Jody unleashes the gat and shoots his little fucker off his back in one of the most unsafe ways you can imagine. He's holding the pistol like you would hold a mirror when you're trying to see the back of your hair and just blasts the little bastard. This doesn't stop the dwarf. He gets up and keeps coming, but Jody gives him two more to think about, right to the chest. Jody hops out the window and takes off on foot. The tall man's hearse starts up and follows after Jody. Mike pulls up, and this might be the first time Jody is glad his brother followed him. The hearse is in hot pursuit. Mike's got the shoddy riding shotgun. Jody starts blasting that son bitch. Hell yeah, boys, get him. The hearse crashes into a tree and they go back to check out their handiwork. The dwarf that's in the car is impaled by a tree. They pull the hood back and it has Tommy's face. Dun dun dun. They call Reggie and he comes by with his ice cream truck to lend a hand. They start to put together what's going on at Morningside. The tall man is taking the dead bodies and crushing them down to half size and turning them into slaves. Reggie plans on stomping a mud hole in the tall man's ass. They want to keep Mike safe so they leave him at a friend's antique shop. Mike sees a picture of the tall man from what looks like the 1800s. Jody falls asleep at home but wakes up in the mortuary with the tall man walking towards him. He wakes back up. Mike convinces the antique shop owners to take him back to Jody. On the ride home, they see Reggie's truck flipped over. Uh, around this part in the movie is where shit starts to get real sideways and I'll do my best to understand what's going on. Mike checks out Reggie's truck and finds a yellow glowing handprint. One of the dwarfs gets into the car and starts wrestling around in there. Another little guy enters the car and slams Mike through the back glass as the girls drive off. When Mike comes to, he runs back home. They really should just stick together, but Jody wants to try to keep Mike safe by locking him in his room. Mike shows his resilience by making a shotgun shell hammer device to blow a hole in his door. He grabs his gat and heads for the door. He has a surprise visitor. The tall man is right outside his door and throws Mike into the back of his hearse. Mike shoots out the tires of the hearse and jumps out of the back glass. The tall man loses control and crashes into a telephone pole. The whip explodes, big time. It's like a damn bomb going off and fires everywhere. Mike heads up to Morningside. Meanwhile, Jody's inside getting ready to see if their parents have been taken for the slave program that the tall man has set in place. The body is gone. One of those flying balls speeds around the corner towards Mike. Jody hops out and blasts it. They're about to go into some mysterious door when Reggie pops up and reunites with the guys. He lets them know that he snuck out the antique owners and some of the other girls he didn't recognize to safety. Reg is a real American hero. 
They enter the room and it's full of black barrels. It sounds like the tall man is working on the earliest dubstep track. Maybe this is just his studio. They peek into the barrels and there are more dwarfs. There are a couple of big metal poles on one side of the room. Mike's hands disappear when he puts them between the poles. He falls in between the poles and enters what looks like another dimension. A row of dwarves are all walking in a line. We don't see much else before Jody pulls him out. He says that they're shrinking the bodies down because of the gravity and the heat. I don't really know why or how this would matter, but we'll just roll with it. The lights turn out and Mike flicks on his lighter. He is face to face with a dwarf. The gang is all split up again. The power kicks back on and Reggie is alone in the EDM room. He walks towards the poles in the ground and thinks back to his tuning fork. Reggie closes his eyes and places his hands on them just in time. While he's doing this, Jody has been looking around outside and is being spied on by the lady in lavender, which is probably just the tall man, I think. She's about to stab him when Jody touches the poles. When he does this, she is frozen in place. In the EDM room, all the black barrels start getting pulled towards the giant tuning forks. Reggie is struggling not to be sucked in. He army crawls his way out of the room and runs away. Reggie makes his way outside and there's a hell of a storm kicking up. He finds the lady in lavender. She is lying on the ground motionless. Reggie goes to help her and would you take a guess what she does? She stabs him in the gall dang stomach. She turns back into the tall man and takes the knife out of his stomach. Jody and Mike meet up and start looking for Reggie. They see him in the distance and Jody declares that he's dead so they take off. The mortuary disappears in the background. They go back home and Jody is coming up with a plan to make the tall man fall into a thousand foot mine shaft. I guess that plan is as good as any. Again they split up. Jesus, why? Mike is at home alone and Jody is going off to camouflage the hole at the mine shaft. Mike's locking up when he sees a tall man outside his window. The old fella breaks the glass and tries to grab him but he runs off. Mike is sneaking around the house. Suddenly, behind Mike, a door blows off the hinges. The tall man is standing straight with his hands behind his back. Boy. You play a good game, boy. <laughs> I can't do it. Game is finished. Now you die. This is one of the most memorable lines for me. The tall man chases the Mike. <laughs> the Mike. The tall man chases Mike out of the house. Mike starts to sink in mud and is grabbed by some hands. He breaks free and wields his knife. Almost backs into the woman in lavender. The tall man busts through some bushes and keeps chasing Mike. We see a sign showing that they're near the mine shaft. And holy fucking shit, the plan actually works. Mike jumps over the hole, and the tall man falls right in the fucker. A bunch of rocks and boulders fall in the hole and completely block the entrance. Wow. Now we see Mike waking up in his bed. That scene cuts to a shot of Mike and Reggie talking in front of a fireplace. I know what you're thinking. Reggie's dead. We saw him get stabbed just a few minutes ago. Well, he's not. Apparently this was all a dream. Mike explains what happened and that he thinks the tall man took his mom, dad, and Jody. 
Reggie responds by telling him Jody died in a car wreck and that it's all just been a bad dream. Reggie comforts Mike and says he'll take care of Mike. Reggie tells Mike they're going to hit the road and get a change of scenery. Mike runs upstairs to pack his things. He takes a look at a picture of Jody and shuts the door. The mirror on the door reveals that the tall man is right behind him. He lets out a boy, and Mike turns around in shock. Dwarf hands bust through the mirror and grab Mike by the face, pulling him into the door. The movie ends, the credits roll. The last 15 minutes or so are really hard to explain, which I think is great. I don't think this movie needs logic. The surreal, unexplainable aspect of it really work in its favor, in my opinion. If I had to come up with something, I'd say maybe Jody was the one that was stabbed by the lady in lavender while everything was shaking apart. Mike misremembered it due to the trauma of everything that had been going on. That doesn't really explain why Reggie would say that he died in a car accident and seemingly not remember anything that just had happened, but who knows? Maybe that's because of tall man magic. This is a hard one to rate for me. It has a lot of nostalgia tied to it, but overall, I have to give it 5 stars. The journey that Mike goes on is so spooky and fun, especially if you're watching it when you're around the same age as he is in the movie. Thanks for listening to Midnight Movie Theater. Until next time.